This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Yeah, it's no normal, nine goals. So in Champions League game, uh, we knew it. So they never give up. They are in a special way to, to attack, to play. Uh, we are not used. They play inside. We know it inside, but they have able to do it. They play all or nothing. Absolutely all or nothing. They go there and, of course, they allow you to run. And who is more clinical, more, you know, yeah. Better in the, in, the, in the final third, we win the game. So I would say the last three games we played here, we have scored 16 goals. So I would like to, to come more people next, next game on Saturday. We need the people next Saturday, please. Because we will be tired. I know the team from Ralph is uh, it's quite similar uh -huh. the way they play. Uh, they are so, so dangerous with quality and it's in a really important game uh, for us. So I invite to all our people to come next Saturday, 3 a.m. to watch the game. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Pep Guardiola speaking after City's 6-3 win against RB Leipzig in the Champions League, urging more fans to the Etihad this weekend. Not a statement that went down well with the City hierarchy. It's me, Ross. On the ball, on a Friday evening with the guys. The guys being Bob Holmes. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. I'm here. You, you, you're very, very <laughs> I like chipper. these City fans. Well, you're, you're very chipper considering Forrest sacked their manager this weekend. Or is that why you're chipper? <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's a long story. I'm not <laughs> okay. really chipper. We haven't got long enough. We need right. several episodes, and I don't <laughs> want to bore people. <laughs> And Goglin also joins us only because Villa are doing quite well. Hello, Gogs. Hello, hello. Are they doing quite well? Uh, I have a higher standard. Des Corkill is here. He's all chipper as usual. Hello, Des. Absolutely. My brother was at the Liverpool game the other night and he said the atmosphere was scintillating for the AC Milan game. Not in the 10 minutes before half time, but he said it was great, <laughs> great for the crowds to be back and. Um, there was, there was a buoyancy about the place, so looking yeah. forward to today. Got to admit, there is a magic around at Anfield. You can hear it. Just, I mean, even thousands of miles away on TV. Anyway, uh, contact us, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Don't forget to sort out your fantasy football teams this season. Our fantasy BFM Fantasy League is brought to you by my-soccer.com. We've got monthly manager of the month prizes. And we also have fantasy football tips on our BFM football page. Uh, that's thanks to the Banger Committee. Uh, so do check it out. BFM Football on Facebook, on Instagram as well. Right then, we heard Pep at the start urging more fans at the Etihad. Well, if, if they win, they'll see City in free flow, Bob Holmes. Jack Grealish scoring a wonderful Champions League debut goal. And uh, yeah, no, no problems apart from the three conceded. Uh, no, not at all. Um, I can understand Pep's frustration. I mean, you do have to wonder what's, uh, what City fans uh, need to fill that place. Uh, empty had is not an exaggeration when it comes to European nights. Um, the Premier League uh, seems to appeal more to City fans. Uh, they have this long-standing uh, argument with UEFA, but it's, I think that it's carrying on to a ridiculous extent. I mean, the City have bought a, million, a £100 million player. They win 6-3. 
he scores, you know, they've got Pep Guardiola. What more do they have to do to get people to fill the ground? You, you do have to ask, don't you? Um, no, scintillating performance by City. Uh, a, a little bit lax at the back, but when you score six, I think um, you don't lose too much sleep over that, do you? Yeah. Since we said, well, since I said, who is going to score City's goals? Uh, they've scored 17 in the last four games. Ten different players <laughs> but, as well, Bob. Yeah, but they have missed out on Messi, Ronaldo and Harry Kane. I mean, I don't know if the City fans are upset about that or what, but that is a fact. And they've also let Aguero go, but they're scoring for fun. Yeah. So that's uh, really, that is a tribute to the coach, isn't it? Yeah. They can walk the ball into the net. And as you say, there's uh, different scorers, it seems, different scorers every week. Um, magnificent. But we just wait for the pep overthinking in the semi-final or final. Um, but I think they, they're unstoppable until that stage, until he starts to complicate things. Sadly for the rest of the world, uh, Kevin De Bruyne looked back to his best. He played 70-odd minutes. Even sadder was Nathan Ake's dad passing away uh, after minutes, literally minutes after he scored. Apparently he was ill. He died in hospital w with his wife and, and daughter nearby. So uh, sad overtones there. But we'll move on with the Champions League football because there's just so much to talk about. Gogolin, Man United went to burn in Switzerland and were undone by the young boys. Uh, red card didn't help, but there were some strange substitutions by Ole, weren't there? Yeah, I was just having a chat with uh, the boys after the game and we were having a couple of drinks and we were talking about the, and this is all uh, not even United fans. And they were like amazed at the attacking array that United has. And that and the only kink in this armour and the only kink for, I think, Liverpool fans and the hope for Liverpool fans for this season is that Ole is at the, is at the help. Because I don't know how you managed to mess that up with that team. You know, the best form of defence is attack. And you have the best attacking team in the uh, for, for a while now United has had that right you park the bus you put one man up front and that one man up front who'll do the job for you is Cristiano Ronaldo and what does he do right so I don't really understand what was going through all his gate I, I I mean I manage Galaxy and I I know Des would know I will never park the bus right <laughs> and I think young boys come on this is United with the attacking array that they have I don't understand what was going through as a United fan I, I, did you watch the match yeah um, it was it was very painful it was right. It was it was the first thing I witnessed on my birthday. So oh, yes, uh, yeah, yes. Let, <laughs> let's just move on from that. Uh, I mean, uh, silly red card and 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 a mistake in the ninety fifth minute by substitute no, Jesse Lingard but, allowing but still, the winner. The, the allowing that mistake is not. It's that whole how you build up to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, no. The, the substitutions scream settling for a draw. Against exactly. young boys. So, against young boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on. Man United. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> other, the other group F teams, Villarreal 2, Atalanta 2. So United will have much tougher tests. I think it's Villarreal at Old Trafford in a couple of weeks' time. Liverpool had a lot of fun against AC Milan. They went one up. Then they were 2-1 down at halftime. Anfield, as Bob, uh, Bob, as Des mentioned at the start, Anfield was buzzing. The atmosphere was just... Literally off the scale. And you can understand how players get driven on, Des, by, by that Anfield atmosphere, can't you? 
Absolutely, and, and Liverpool recovering from conceding two goals just before half-time as well. Normally, if you concede before half-time, it impacts the whole game, but Liverpool came straight back out and um, uh, took the game. Salah uh, thought he was offside. I, lo I, lo I love his little um, celebration. He thought he was offside before uh, he celebrated. And then Jordan Henderson scored a wonderful goal. Yeah. I just want to revert back a little bit to, to the Manchester City thing and compare it to, to Liverpool. And ticket prices have a lot to do with this, you know, because Manchester City, the average, the average, average um, home uh, season ticket is a thousand pounds at Manchester City. At Liverpool, uh, the the one I have is a thousand pounds, but it's a uh, not a bad view. The average is down to about seven fifty, I think. And on Champions League nights, you can you the ticket prices are more affordable at Anfield than they are at the Etihad. So money comes into it, and you've got to remember we're in the middle of a pan we're in the middle of a pandemic, yeah, or hopefully yeah. at the tail end of it. People haven't got that much expendable income. It is midweek evening as well, isn't it? Well, mid midweek is normally when the locals go. You have less of the out of towners, and Manchester City don't have as many out of towners as the Liverpools and as the Manchester Uniteds, etc. And so you're relying upon your your working class for the most part, working to middle class supporter, and you're asking them to pay fifty pounds. You put two kids on that, that's £200 for a night out. And it's a school night, you've got to get up in the morning. So an awful lot of that comes into it. Um, yeah. The money plays. Yeah, it's great to have Messi, but then you've got to charge the fans accordingly. And if the fans, no matter how much they're entertained, are being charged 50 quid, you think twice about it. Of course you do. You've got better things to spend your money on. Good point. Absolutely spot on. And then the clubs just have to decide, do you want an atmosphere like Anfield or do you want money in the bank? You know, it, that's the big question, right? All right, let's move on. Lots of Champions League. Um, holders, cup holders, Chelsea. Bob Holmes uh, showed why they signed Romelu Lukaku, why they paid £97 million for him. He was a handful against Zenit and eventually popped up to head the winner in as well. Uh, he was the difference. Um, I mean, it's a lot of money, but if he keeps scoring like he does, he's getting them points in the league and getting them uh, points now in the Champions League. He's doing exactly what he was bought for. He's the spearhead that they lacked last season. For all uh, Timo Werner's uh, stalwart efforts, um, he never quite uh, cut the mustard, did he? Um, he... I don't think he's a bad player. He's still there, and we'll see something of him probably this week in the um, in the League Cup. Uh, but Lukaku is the real deal, and even in a tight game like this, where Chelsea are not at their best, you've got doughty opponents, you're going to win one one nil if you've got a striker of Lukaku's calibre, and that is that's the difference, and uh, that's why Chelsea will be a force. Yeah. Uh, they've they filled the the gap that they had uh, last year. They were they were getting there last year, but they didn't quite have that finishing ability. Now they've got it, and um, they you know you would back them to win uh, anything. And it's going to be fascinating to see how this pans out. I think um, between the big four uh, in in England and um, one or two other one or two European sides who uh, are in that class. So, But Chelsea have got all the equipment now and uh, are, are going to take some beating. The other Group H game, uh, Malmo nil, Juventus 3, Allegri finally getting Juve going, I think in Game 8 
of his reign. But it was an impressive win, and uh, I think it's it's Juventus Chelsea uh, in a, in a fortnight's time. So that is going to be interesting. On to the Europa League we go, where Leicester City threw away a two goal lead and drew two two with the Serie A leaders Napoli. Um, we, we've often said, Gogs, that. Europa League is, is, is the place for Leicester, this Leicester side under Brendan Rodgers to test themselves. They're expected to do quite well. Um, you don't want to throw away a two-goal lead in European football, though, do you? No, you don't, but you, you're right. They're going to test themselves. This is where how you take the step forward. The European League is always going to be a good test bit. Villa were there a couple of seasons, well, more than a couple of seasons ago. But it's, it, it's a do-or-die thing, you know, the Europa League. You do you have the depth of the squad? You know, if you, are you going to put your resources into the Europa League? As I mean, we've spoken about this for ages. The, the, the countries you travel will be playing in the Europa League. Does Leicester have the depth? Does they have the, the squad depth? Is he going to do that? Is he going to put his resources in the Europa League? I don't think so. It's always going to be the Premier League, right? It's always going to be trying to break it in the top six. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. Leicester will actually put that much resources into the Europa all right, well, Wilfred Ndidi got sent off for a second booking. Uh, Victor Osimhen got both of Napoli's goal. He's very impressive. I often buy him in FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> also in Group C, Spartak Moscow nil, Ligia Warsaw won. Warsaw really sucker punch Moscow in, in, in that game. Uh, on to the Euro, or still with the Europa League rather, Dinamo Zagreb in Group H nil, West Ham United 2. David Moyes, very impressive. He said he's very excited to know Des Corkill, the true potential of this West Ham team. And uh, Antonio, of course, available in, in Europe, showed his worth. And, you know, they could well, maybe Europa League, West Ham? <laughs> well, they've added to it. Uh, Antonio was gifted a goal. But uh, if you've got Lanzini and Vlasic, who I think yeah. is a really good signing alongside Four nulls as, um, and then you support them with Suchek and Declan Rice, who ran half the length for pitch. The score left-footed. Um, the Irish want him back, by the way. The Irish would love <laughs> Declan Rice back uh, to play for them. But they're looking good. I remember this time last year, I was saying, our oh, West Ham flattered to deceive. I was proved completely, totally and utterly wrong. And this time, they, they are just building on David Moyes. And Vlas you, you add a couple of players. Add Zuma. Add Vlasic, and suddenly you've got a little bit of strength and depth to that squad as well. And uh, they, they were really impressive. That's, that's, that's a great win over in, in Zagreb. Uh, it's hostile, it's difficult to play. Um, Zagreb came, uh, gave them a game. It was, uh, they they were, were close a couple of times, but West Ham have come away with a, a, a stellar away performance. And uh, you win your away games in that Europa League, and you're, you're halfway through to the round of... Well, 164 or whatever the, the knockout <laughs> stages are. <laughs> the Hammers then top Group H along with Genk, who scored a stoppage time winner at Rapid Vienna. In the Europa Conference League, Spurs were in France and drew 2-2 with Rennes. Saw highlights of this. More injury problems for Nuno Espirito Santo. Lucas Moura and Steven Bergwijn went off. And then Ndombele. It's, you can see why he's not played. He comes on, he does something really good, like results in the goal, and then like kind of gives away the other side as well. So a lot uh, more about Tottenham later because they've got a massive game this weekend against Chelsea. We're into our first break then, and we will be back previewing this weekend's Game Week 5. On the ball on BFM 89.9. 
On the Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Gogolin and Des Corkill joining me to preview Game Week 5 of the EPL. There's a Friday night match, or rather early Saturday morning our time, 3am kickoff. Tonight, tomorrow morning, Newcastle, second from bottom in 19th, take on Leeds United in 17th. Two teams still searching for the first wins of the season. Um, poor old Steve Bruce got his work cut out. We, we know the only in in the transfer window was uh, was um, the, the Arsenal lad who they had on loan already. Good luck. Well, look, that's it. So thank you very much. <laughs> and, um, well, Leeds United, we know, Des, are, are 100 miles an hour in your face. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, going, I'm looking at this one. I'm fearing a little bit for Steve Bruce. Uh, I don't think Leeds United are 100 miles an hour in your face this year. I think... Um, True. I think they, the, the, the Bielsa magic has been uh, not found out, but teams have worked out a way to play it. They were soporific against Liverpool last week, and it could have been seven or eight for Liverpool if they took their chances. Um, and uh, uh, this leads, I'm not sure it's second, second season syndrome. It's just they're actually finding the level of the, the wage packet. You look at the wage packets of every team, and Leeds, I think, are fourth or fifth lowest payers in the Premier League. Um, they massively overachieved last year on that. And I use the wage packet not because the wage packet scores the goals, because the wage package is, is what routinely works out in the league standings where you finish. And mm. I feel Leeds are in, in for not relegation, but it's going to be an uncomfortable ride for them. Newcastle desperately, desperately need a bit of fortune. I thought they were very unlucky against Manu. I thought they played really well uh, on the Ronaldo homecoming and they nearly spoiled the party. But in the end, it looks like a 4-1 tonking. I think Newcastle, if they still believe in Steve Bruce, if the crowd decides to get behind them, I think Newcastle can take Leeds because I'm worried for Leeds. The, those are very two big ifs there that there's just threw out at <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, for, for Leeds, Robin Koch is not going to be available. Growing problem. Diego Lorente has a muscular issue. He's got loads. He's, since he's signed, I think he's been more injured than playing. Uh, Pascal Strike is, of course, uh, suspended after that straight red card last week. Um, yeah, for, for Newcastle, very harsh. For Newcastle, um, Bruce has got injury problems. He's got no Dubravka, no John Joe Shelby, uh, no uh, Callum Wilson, most of all. But, Bob Holmes, I say a but, if anything's going to come from this Newcastle side, it's going to be Alan San Maxima. And if you've got him and Almiron, who seems to be bedding in very nicely now, you've got something. Yeah, you've always got hope when you've got St. Maximin. Um, and as you say, Almiron, he's been there a couple of years now, yeah. hasn't he? Um, probably, you know, as a slow burner, I think. Um, he, is, he seems a lot better, more tuned to the pace and physicality of the Premier League now than he was when he first came. It was a little bit lightweight, quick and neat, but got knocked off the ball easily and not a natural goal scorer. But uh, he's got an understanding with St. Maximin and uh, they are a threat. He's, he's also so, learned bleep Bob. 
if you, if you watch him closely, he, he does the odd, the odd thing, then you go, oh, he's learned that in England. Okay. <laughs> Better explain to me what that is. <laughs> off, off the shore. Off, off the shore. <laughs> um, but uh, this, uh, yeah, Newcastle, I mean, it's, it's a terrible situation. They're just hanging on for this supposed deal with the Saudi Arabian uh, takeover. And Mike Ashley is just uh, giving grudgingly enough money, he thinks, for them to stay up. I mean, it would be a, a catastrophe all round if they went down. But he's, he's just trusting Steve Bruce to keep them up and gives him a minimal amount each year. And that's been the case now. Uh, ever since Mike Ashley took over, what, about 15 years ago? Mm. I mean, the, the deal has only been on the cards for a couple of years. But this seems to be the thinking. He's just been waiting for a, a buyer and he's going to make probably hundreds of millions on the deal. Meantime, Newcastle fans, who are some of the most passionate in the country, uh, have to suffer this, um, this second-rate stuff. Uh, second-rate fare, and they, they don't like Steve Bruce. I think they've been very harsh on Steve Bruce. He is a Newcastle fan, but they don't seem to cut him any slack whatsoever for no. that. I mean, you'd think he would think he's a fan of the club, you know, since he was born. I mean, you deserve some credit, surely, but no, they've got it in their minds that he's a negative, rubbish manager, and they won't change, despite the fact that he's actually done well to keep them up in the Premier League. So this is a sorry situation. But having painted that very bleak picture, I think I'm going to record this game. It's three o'clock in the morning, so I'm not going to get up. But it could be quite an entertaining game, I reckon. I, I, Especially I'm, I'm, if, yeah. if Leeds, score, Leeds have got to score first. Otherwise, it'll be, it'll, you know... Uh, Bruce will park the bus even at home. Uh, if they score, if Newcastle score first, he'll he'll park the bus. But uh, if Leeds score first, this could be a cracker. I'm I'm with Bob. It's gonna. I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it will be a ding dong battle. Who do you think's gonna win? Then Gogs, will it be a rocking St James's Park after after full time whistle? Yeah, I think so actually because I saw what they did against United, and they, I mean I could see with what they they can work with, you know, you know and. Leeds will be coming at them and they'll be hitting them on the counter. And like what Gaz said, the second season syndrome is beginning to take toll on Leeds. I'm, 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 I actually agree with what Des was saying. But I don't okay. agree with the wage structure thing, but yeah, Leeds are going to be, a, you know, everybody's found that sussed them out, right? I can almost hear Arvin Sidhu cringing as he <laughs> listens to the radio. It's a 3 a.m. kickoff. Newcastle United against Leeds United. Uh, it's a nice one to get the weekend underway. Liverpool in third, take on Crystal Palace in 11th. It's Saturday at 10pm. Liverpool, of course, firing now, Des Corkill. Um, and the good thing is, Divock Origi has stepped in. Uh, you know, he's put in a display, resulted in a goal as well. So you've got, you've got players now that the squad depth seems to be there. It's all starting to motor Ah, uh, Liverpool are rubbish. <laughs> he loves boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let let just let just keep it like that. They they fluked the game against Milan. They fluked the game against Leeds. They fluked the win over Burnley. They fluked the win over Norwich. Uh, Virgil Van Dijk's lousy at centre back, and so he was dropped 
for the Milan game. He wasn't rested at all. It wasn't to give Joe Gomez a game. The squad depth is ter is terrifically thin. One Harvey Elliott injury out for six months and Liverpool will implode. So let's just keep it quiet that Liverpool... Li no, nobody's looking at Liverpool. Nobody's looking at Liverpool. Crystal Palace are the team to talk about. We'll, we'll move does. along as, as, as Des Corkill tries to extract his tongue firmly from his cheek there. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace now, now Bob and I were very impressed by Crystal. We actually alluded to it before the Tottenham game. And whilst the Tottenham game went on, we've got a group chat on WhatsApp. So we, we were Conor Gallagher, Bob, and Odson Edward. Can he cause yeah. Van Dyke some problems? <laughs> Well, I, I think we uh, did more than allude to Crystal Palace uh, getting getting at least a point, didn't we? Um, I think it I think it counts as a big shout. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what a performance! Really, what a what a performance! Uh, Patrick Vieira seems to be getting a tune out of them, doesn't he? And he hasn't got uh, all of them back yet. Uh, no. There's a couple of major uh, injuries. Um, Easy, who was not a Vieira signing, but um, a long-term injury from last season, uh, one of their star players. Uh, he's not ready yet. And um, Olise, uh, signing from Reading. Yeah. Uh, big hopes for him. Uh, I don't think he's quite fit yet. Uh, this, uh, this could be a little bit tricky for Liverpool. Um, I, I mean, Zaha is, is flying. Um, it's going to be a good test for uh, Trent's... Um, defensive capabilities he was bombing forward brilliantly in midweek um, but there's always that little quibble about his whether he's such a great defender and he'll get a test he'll get a workout from Zaha and it'll be a fascinating clash I think that but Liverpool yes um, they managed to rotate and rested uh, despite what Des says um, Van Dyke wasn't dropped um, sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> Their sarcasm sometimes doesn't travel well over radio. There are people listening to this in their cars. Not on a they punditry think, football they, show. <laughs> they think you might have lost the plot here, you know. Um, wait, 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 wait for the tweets <laughs> to come in. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, on paper, of course, this should be a fairly routine win uh, for Liverpool. But uh, I've, I've been encouraged by Crystal Palace and if Liverpool don't sort of score early, you could see the cop getting a bit anxious. And Liverpool's conversion rate is not that great, you know. I mean, they're having lots of shots. They had 15 shots in the first 13 minutes, I think, on, on Wednesday night and didn't score any of them, missed a penalty. Um, so although they're playing well, and it looks more like the, the Liverpool of two years ago. They're not actually converting that many chances. And that's a little bit of a concern, I think. Um, but Klopp is handling the relative lack of depth in the squad very well, I think, by rotating and having the guts to rest. I repeat, rest Van Dyke <laughs> against Milan, of all people. Yeah. This, I mean, this is a big European night at Anfield. And AC Milan come along and you rest your best player. But he's given Joe Gomez a run out. He's got actually a surfeit of centre-backs now, yep. ironically. At last, after last season, you know, scrambling around, asking the tea lady if she could play centre-back. <laughs> he's now got a, a, a luxury of choice. 
And it'll be interesting to see who gets the nod um, on Saturday against Crystal Palace. Whoever it is, I don't think they need to worry too much because Ben Teke, former Liverpool player, I don't think he's going to cause too many problems the way he's playing. No. So I do, I do see Liverpool, I do see Liverpool winning this, but they won't be taking Crystal Palace lightly. All right, Liverpool have won the last eight Premier League ties against Crystal Palace. It is a Saturday 10 p.m. kickoff. We're off for another break. Back right after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. That is a screamer from Phil Foden. They are fitting away. On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Tess Corkill, Bob Holmes and Gogolin joining me to preview Game Week 5. Uh, don't forget you can get in touch. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook, and uh, yeah, do do check out our Facebook page because this weekend, in fact, most weekends, we have uh, fantasy football tips. Thanks to our friends at the Banger Committee. Uh, this week, obviously, tips for game week five. Right on with the previews, we go. Man City in fifth take on Southampton in fourteenth. It is also a Saturday ten p.m. kickoff. Uh, Bob mentioned it earlier before the break. City have hit seventeen goals. In their last four matches, Gogolin, who needs a number nine? But the thing is with Pep now, because we know he's a, he's a bit of a tinkerer, he needs to get his tinkering right with all the tournaments kicking off, with Champions League and, and, all, and all that. And, and this City squad, it's not the biggest, is it? That, that actually might be a good thing for Pep, you know, because the past few seasons he's had a huge squad and when he's been tinkering and we've had... We've said the same thing on the show every season. He tinkers, 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 and that's his downfall. Uh, like alluding to what Bob was saying earlier, he was sound as uh, TMJ sounds the same now. You know, saying that fans are getting you know too uh, used to the success stuff and all that, right? So I don't know whether the same script is being said here that you know when you become so successful, fans find it par for course and don't show up for games. You know, because then they expect six, seven goals. I don't even think uh, Pep knows who his, te- his uh, perfect team is yet. And the fact that you have so many different scorers speaks well for the team. That you don't, you're not relying on a Harry Kane-style player. I agree that they need an out-and-out striker, but I might be wrong. I mean, they look like they are spreading the goals around the team, and which is always a good thing, especially with that team. You know? And with Grealish even scoring now, it, it, it bodes well for the future. It's just that, is Pep going to stop tinkering? That's about it. He doesn't yeah. know what he what does. Does he have a? They already have a style of play, but do they have a formational play? You know, Des, right. I think I spoke to Des about this last time. Is what do you call Guardiola's style now? Des, you 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 raised half an eyebrow when I said City squad's not that large. I mean, in terms of first team replacements, I mean there are squad players, obviously, but do you, do you think it's it's big enough? They they obviously still require that number nine, don't they? Look who was on the bench uh, in midweek. Uh, in uh, they rotated the Godongon, um, uh, uh, Fernandinho, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, Gabriel <laughs> Jesus, Kyle Walker. That's just on the bench and Scotty Carson. 
so let's not let's not. <laughs> that's more sarcasm, by the way, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, and I th I think they've got a hugely hugely deep squad, and um, I was one of those who thought, oh, maybe a maybe a Harry Kane like number nine will help them. But 11 different scorers, 17 goal, uh, goals, the, the, the swapping and the movement of the front three. Torres can be left wing, Grealish can come over on the right, Mares uh, predominantly can cut onto his left foot, De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva bombing through, Rodri helping out, the centre-backs chipping in as well. Um, I'm expecting Edison to come up and ping a couple into the top corner. They, uh, they're just a remarkable team. For all Chelsea's solidity and functionality, Manchester City have this billion-dollar squad. Uh, that is not sarcasm. Uh, that's a billion-dollar squad. And they, they are playing like a billion-dollar team. Uh, I think they're a remarkable team. And the rotation is just helping them. I fear for Southampton. I yeah. really do. Remember Southampton being done by nine a couple of times in the last uh, couple of years? Well, it uh, could be another nine on the way. Yeah, hard to see what Ralph Hasenhuttle can do here. Bob Holmes. <laughs> I'm looking at the squad. They, they weakened, seriously weakened from last season in terms of first-team players leaving. Um, but this is football, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, keeping it below nine would be uh, <laughs> al almost a, a good result, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> they might take mercy on them, take pity on them at six or seven no um and all this has been done by city without kevin de bruyne and phil foden until uh halfway through the midweek game when they both came on because they both they both got injured in the um in the euros didn't they and um they've they've hardly kicked a ball since so to think they've got that um that ability to score all those goals and Arguably, two of their best midfielders haven't even been playing. Mm. So that's, um, yeah, uh, they can walk the ball into the net, and I think they will do uh, on this occasion. Um, what Southampton can do, I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, Hassan Huddle doesn't really part the bus, does he? I mean, he's a bit more positive than that, generally. But he hasn't got the tools. I mean, they sold their main striker, Danny Ings. And although they've got this um, uh, Armstrong from um, the Scottish international from Blackburn Rovers, who's half decent. He scored a few in the championship last year. But he's yet to prove that he can fill Danny Ings's shoes. So... Uh, they, they're going to be struggling. They did hang on to Ward-Prowse, um, which was a little bit unexpected because uh, Aston Villa were looking very closely at him. But, yeah, you can only really see um, a heavy defeat, unfortunately. Um, it would be a massive shout for anyone to give Southampton even a point out of this. 10 p.m. kickoff, Man City in fifth against Southampton in 14th. Aston Villa in 12 take on Everton, fourth and unbeaten this season. This is uh, Sunday, half past midnight, it kicks off. Aston Villa, Gogs. Um, Smith went 3-5-2 last time out. And um, I, I don't know, well, it's a different Villa, obviously, without Captain Jack this season. But the signings, we've already said at, at the start of the season, have been good. It's going to take them a while to bed in still, don't you reckon? 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head on the bidding in part. And with the injury list that we have seemed to be ever growing, it doesn't yeah. help. Every you know, we have like a huge injury list and I have no idea what's going on at training that these guys are picking up injuries left, right, and center. So we really don't have the perfect team yet to try. Even Leon Bailey is, I think, picked up a knock or two. So, you know, we don't really have the, all these players back to try. So, hence why Dean is uh, trying different formations. So, Dean Smith's 3-5-2. I think 3-5-2 is actually the way to go with the players we have right now. But, you know, what do I know? But again, he keeps tinkering around. So, let's hope he finds his formation. And let's, uh, the only positive I see from last season, this season, is that he's, uh, he, he's not scared to make the changes earlier this time. You know, last season, he always waited until like the 80th minute or the 75th minute to make the, bring the subs on when he actually had good subs on to change the game. So, that, that is my... Uh, I only gripe with Dean Smith that he doesn't change it enough, yeah. fast enough. Well, uh, Villa at home with a roaring Villa Park crowd, who knows? But Everton this season, um, it's been, well, it's been a muted Everton. Rafa's gone in and literally, I think he spent 1.7 million. But it's the <laughs> non-big names that are making names for themselves, Des Corkill. You look at Damari Gray, Andros Townsend, workman-like journeyman footballer. Comes and what a goal! I mean, it was a it was a comfortable three one win against Burnley in the end. It, it was really good. Listen, I was sorting out my ticket for the Anfield derby uh, with my family last night, so um, I'm theoretically meant to be going to Anfield. And we were discussing what kind of reaction Rafa Benitez would get uh, when he came back to Anfield. And we are unanimous, of course, of course. We'll we'll applaud him. He owes Liverpool nothing. If Everton carry on like this, it'll be it's a question about whether or not Liverpool fans will still want Rafa because he is making Everton the team we thought Carlo Ancelotti would make them. Uh, He's bought functional players to play alongside Ricarlison, Allen and Ducouri in the heart of midfield. He also varies his tactics. He went to three at the back for the first time this season in the win, win against Burnley. He is a fantastic coach, Rafa Benitez. Uh, he gets more out of his players than uh, the, the he gets more. The sum total of the parts yeah. is greater than the individuals. Whenever Rafa Benitez is coach, he's done that absolutely everywhere. I think he's a perfect shoe in for Everton, and he doesn't praise them, even though they're ten games, uh, ten points, joint top of the league. You know what he said? Uh, we can improve. Ah, uh, we can improve, and he's right, of course. And the players saying, "Ah, uh, we don't expect anything. We don't expect any praise from Rafa Benitez." But look where we are in the league. And where I was uh, happy to, to mock Everton for celebrating winning the title after four games last year, as a Liverpool fan, I'm a lot more concerned that this will be a concerted Everton uh, situation. Not top four, but definitely uh, battling into that top six. All right. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will probably still not be available for the Toffees, but uh, Dean Smith will have Emmy Martinez and Bundea back this weekend available for Villa. They are massive players. I'm going to give Bob about 90 seconds to give us a prediction for that game, Bob. Stick to the timing now. Okay. Well, I actually <laughs> think that uh, this this could be a game where Everton uh, hit a bit of a speed bump. Um, I, I like Villa. And uh, it's not because I think uh, Gogs might buy me a drink tonight or anything. But... Um, <laughs> Ross is buying the drinks. They, they are. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think once uh, they, they've got uh, Emmy Martinez and Wendia back um, from their South American adventure, so they'll be strengthened. It's at home, and uh, they're a very well organized team, even, even though um, they've had a few injury problems. Everton will miss Calvert Lewin. 
There's no, no question about that. He's, he's a bit of a long-term injury, and that's a worry. They do have Damari Gray, who has to be the signing of the, of the transfer window, I think, at this point, in terms of value. 1.7 million for him, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, what he was doing out uh, there on a free transfer, he went out, he left the Premier League on a free transfer, went to Germany and was snapped up by um, Rafa. And he's been sensational. Uh, absolutely. But um, he's not a Calvert-Lewin. And uh, I, I think that um, I, I'm going for a draw, actually, on this one. I think this is two uh, sort of two upper mid-table teams, and I I would uh, I would see this. I hope I've uh, used my ninety seconds, but I go for a draw. <laughs> Your watch has died. It's a half past midnight kickoff. Our Aston Villa versus Everton. We'll be back right after this. And Gray has found the nets. A blockbuster start to the second half for Everton. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Bruno with poise, with time and with the finish. On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. There's Bob and Gogolin looking forward to West Ham United against Manchester United. Uh, Man United are currently on this uh, league record, aren't they? And still 28 Premier League games, uh, away games, unbeaten. And uh, that aside, going in, they come into this one uh, losing in the Champions League rather embarrassingly, Des Corkill. Do you think there'll be a reaction? Or, or I mean, this is a big test now for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's got to get it right. Uh, yes, he does. Um, I, I, I can't talk about Man United without talking about uh, that return home last week. Um, even for those of us who were, who were hoping that it would go wrong, you've got to have nothing but praise for the Ronaldo show last week. The way, uh, not so much the first goal which dropped into him, but the fact he was there. But the second goal was just so Ronaldo. And you could, you could hear the, every Man United fan in the world, you could hear them cheer. It was horrible. But Ronaldo has this ability to, to, to just lift things. And then he scores in the Champions League. And you accept it now. You accept the ridiculous feats of achievement that he does. So they've got to, got to go to West Ham. It's up to the rest of the team to, to live up to the Ronaldo billing, I think. Um, they, should, they should be right up there. That squad, was it Gogs earlier on said, with that team, with those players, I've been saying this for a long time, with that team plus Ronaldo, they should be competing. So long live Ole Gunnar Solskjaer up at the, up at the top. <laughs> I mean, you, everybody says with that team, but there is a massive caveat. You can go minus Fred and, in brackets. Not at all. He, you need your functional players in, in the heart of midfield just to do the basic stuff to get to the ball. Fred and Matic, I, I keep seeing United fans saying, oh, Fred and Matic oh, we'll, with nothing there. Get the ball out to you. You've just paid 75 million for Sancho and not playing him. Greenwood, when he gets a chance. Pogba's a, a $100 million player. Martina, um, uh, Bruno is, is supposedly the, 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 the next coming. And then Ronaldo is the official coming. So you cannot fail with that um, front five. Uh, but if they do, if they do, my word, fingers have got to be really pointed. You cannot assemble that amount of quality and not be genuine contenders. West Ham will have a real test here. United should win this game. Yeah. 
Um, but, Bob Holmes, uh, West Ham United <laughs> will be missing uh, a certain Mikel Antonio because he was sent off for, for two bookings. So he sits one out. He's a big miss for them. But this this West Ham under David Moyes, they, every week, every other week, we're, we're impressed by them some way or another. Yeah, uh, particularly after last night. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we thought they were wet behind the ears in Europe and we didn't think that Moyes himself was a great uh, European manager, no real pedigree, didn't get very far with Everton, didn't get very far with United and all of that. Well, they put that to bed, didn't they? With a really controlled performance, keeping a clean sheet and a difficult place to go and stunning. They'll miss Antonio, yes, but they do have Vlasic, who's, use that word again, the word of the night, bedding in. Um, But I think there are goals to come from him. And they're they're on a roll. The team spirit must be sky high now, West Ham. And I think they'll fancy this. And I think that anybody who saw that game in midweek, they'll sense a bit of vulnerability about United. I mean, I know they've assembled this... Um, half a billion pound squad and they've got all these superstars but they've got one important cog missing midfield uh, they're missing McTominay actually and he, he's not the ultimate answer he's not far from a world-class midfielder but his energy and drive have compensated they're missing him Fred I don't think he's up to it and what it's meaning is that Pogba is actually playing in a deeper role which mm. doesn't really suit him he's better on, in a more, slightly more attacking role. And teams are able to counter them. Look at Newcastle. Newcastle, lowly Newcastle. They did it last Saturday. And uh, young boys of Burn certainly did it, aided by a mistake, of course. But they, United have that vulnerability. And teams will be sensing that. And West Ham have the ability, I think, to uh, take the game to them. And this will be a very stiff test for United. I'm not saying West Ham are going to win this, but it'll. if United come through this with flying colours, that, that will all go well for the season. But I do sense that West Ham will be very much up for it. United's 28-game unbeaten run. Uh, they've conceded 19 goals in this run. They've kept 13 clean sheets. And here's the one I like. Here's the, 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 the fact I love most. You have to go back to November November 2020 for the last time United lost a Premier League game on a Sunday. They've won 11. They've drawn five top flight games that they've played on a Sunday since then. Come on, Sunday! <laughs> it's a, it's a, a Sunday 9pm kickoff then. West Ham United against Manchester United. Um, Tottenham take on Chelsea in the big game of the weekend. Uh, Gogs, Tottenham are, well, they've got a few injury problems. They've had three players who went away. The Los Celso, uh, Christian Romero and Davidson Sanchez went away. Uh, they've been training in Croatia. I understand they may be available, but they don't come back until Saturday. This game is Sunday. So they don't have a lot of time to bed in. And it's Chelsea. It's a big game. Tottenham at home. Speak, talk them up, Gordon. Yeah, well, this, you know, the history between these guys now, the recent history. So this is, uh, I mean, Chelsea right now on the form they're in and Lukaku's form in, you, you'll be a very brave man to bet against them because regardless of what you, uh, Spurs are going to be putting up front or in defence, 
this Chelsea side are firing on all cylinders. And like we spoke earlier, what Bob said, Lukaku is the ultimate finisher now, right? He's the finished product, no regards to Timo Werner and everything. And the the depth they have on the bench also, we speak about City, but what about Chelsea, right? They have all these players on the bench also. So I, I don't see anything but a straightforward Chelsea win this one. Yeah, Chelsea are a lot of our, our pre-season uh, favourites. Uh, as far as team news goes, Spurs will definitely be without Jaffet Tanganga after that red card against Crystal Palace. But Des Corkill, I, I want to talk about Harry Kane because, I mean, we should be talking about Harry Kane versus Romelu Lukaku, two prolific strikers. Kane, we know, didn't get the move he wanted. He's not looked the same without Son recently. Son's out injured, of, of course. But... Um, He's got to get firing. And if he does, then Spurs have a chance. Yeah, the, uh, Son, Son's still injured, is he? He's out for a, a little while longer because mm. he's, a, he's a big loss because no individual player can do everything on his own, despite all the, the 100 million. Lukaku needs the service to be able to bully the, the defences. Um, it's all gone a little bit uh, pear-shaped for Tottenham in the last, um, well, the last two matches, hasn't it? Mm. And it all started with that uh, Tanganga challenge that yeah. unnecessary uh, red card he, he, he left a foot in again 10 years ago it's 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 a talking to these days it's it's a it's a straight red card it's the way the game has changed but things like that can really change the whole perception palace then went on and give what looks to be a tonking a 3-0 tonking uh, and then they go and struggle and have to uh, rest a, a, a late goal back to draw in Wren. and now you've got chelsea so things are looking um, very, very difficult. And without Son Heung-min, I think we should be talking about Son Heung-min rather than Harry Kane because yeah. he's the one who they, who they, who they really miss. Two yeah. goals uh, already. Um, you can play on the break with Son yeah. because of his pace. With Harry Kane, you can't because he hasn't got that, that same pace. Lucas Moura is a nice replacement for Son Heung-min, but he isn't Son Heung-min. So that, I think, is who they miss in particular. Uh, even, even worse, Lucas Moura is a doubt. Moura is a doubt. Bergwijn's a doubt. So he may, uh, Espirito Santo, may go 4-4-1-1 with Della Ali behind Kane. It's probably his best option. <laughs> I'm reading Chelsea's team news, Bob. It says here N'Golo Kante might be available. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just not fair. It's just not fair. <laughs> no, surfeit of riches, eh? But... Uh... Thomas Tuchel has got to do get his rotation right, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a it's a nice problem to have having all these players and what and you know we're talking about they've got to get it right. But what what a problem to have! I mean, look at the choice he's got now. Um, it's keeping them happy, I think, isn't it? That's the the problem. I mean, like look at last season, Tammy Abraham's, for example, got. Got, he felt as if uh, he wasn't given the opportunities and ended up leaving. Um, so how you keep, how you juggle and keep them all happy, uh, it's, um, it's a very difficult task. And it, it comes down to man management. And I, I think, you know, we've got great tactical coaches in, in certain people, but they're not always great man managers. But it looks as if Tuchel is. Uh, he can't please everybody as I say he didn't please Abrahams but he's managed to keep most of them on board uh, I was a little bit surprised that they let Zuma go because they didn't have the replacement um, actually lined up well they was lined they up they were getting Koundé didn't they yeah Koundé yeah, yeah. It, it didn't work out but um, you know he's, he looks like he's a good man manager and 
he's got the team on board, definitely. He, he's, uh, he's done that. So that's, I think, one of the reasons for their success. Um, Nuno Espirito Santo is still working on that. He's still new, but I think he's started fairly well. He's a sound manager. He was very popular at Wolves, and uh, I think he's doing a good job. So it'll, he'll work it out at Spurs. But this, yeah, I think Chelsea tend to have the edge over Spurs. In recent years, they dominated this, this derby. If you look at the stats, it's, it's overwhelmingly in Chelsea's favour. And with Spurs having so many injuries, I, I think there's only going to be one winner here. Tottenham have conceded more Premier League goals against Chelsea, 103, than they have against any other opponent. Chelsea have won their last five away London derbies. They have never won six in a row on the road before in the league. I'm talking before Premier League as well, Des Gorgel. <laughs> um, just a quick word then as we round up the fixtures. Wolves against Brentford. I'm going to be watching that because Trincao is my new favourite player. Francisco Trincao, magic feat. Watch him. That's the early kickoff on Sunday. Burnley against Arsenal. Do, do we see grief for Arteta, Des, in that one? Yeah, Burnley are going to kick seven bells out of uh, <laughs> Arsenal, I think, uh, who are a little bit lightweight. So it, it, it could be... Could be uh... Could be a problem. I tell you what, Arsenal, hmm, Arsenal, problems, big problems. Unless they start to get some wins under the belt, because Gunners fans are not the most, um, uh, what's the word, forgiving at the best of times. If they're into another uh, mid-table mediocrity season, there could be um, blood on the walls at the, at the stadium. Yeah. Uh, Norwich City versus Watford. Daniel Farker really needs to engineer a win. We've been saying that this Norwich is better than the other Norwich that went down, but they have to win at home this weekend against Watford. And Brighton against Leicester City rounds up the Premier League game week five. That's it. We're, we're out of time. So I'm going to say thanks to Gogolin. Cheers, boys. Uh, thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, Des Corkill. MSL season over. What are you going to do now? What are you going to watch? Well, the Malaysia Cup starts in a, a couple of weeks. Uh, the draw was on Wednesday. Very interesting draw. KL versus Penang in one group, but also Sri Pahang. That should be worth watching. Can I get a whinge in, please? I didn't get a whinge in at all. Five substitutes in the European leagues. Five substitutes. We're not going to keep that. This is just during COVID. Don't worry. We'll get rid of the five substitutes. And now the five subs are here to stay. You watch. Technically, we're still in COVID. But there you go. Have a great weekend, everybody. And many thanks to the guys. I'll speak to you on Monday. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.